Hello again, my name is Russ Clemmer with Legacy Advisory Partners, and this is the Three Wins Podcast, and we are fortunate today to have Mr. Brian Green with us as our uh, guest on the podcast. Brian heads up two different organizations and is a part of several others, but two main ones we'll focus on today, Provision Bridge and Helping Hands Ministry. So we're going to dig into that and we're going to look at that. And Brian, thanks so much for being on the podcast and thanks for being our guest. And if you're watching this, you can tell that Brian is in a little, much more comfortable atmosphere than I am necessarily in my office today. Brian, where are you coming from down in Florida again? I'm down in Siesta Key, Florida in Sarasota. Very nice. Yeah. Enjoying that cross, uh, that, that, that ocean breeze and bringing that in. Thanks for being on the podcast with us. Thank you for having me. It's a privilege, Russ. So, Brian, I, you know, I, I know uh, a good bit about your background and, you know, what you're doing at Provision Bridge and what you're doing with Helping Hands Ministries, but just update in whatever detail you'd like to provide, update the audience on kind of, you know, where you came from okay. and how you got to the, how you got mixed in with this whole idea of the donor advised fund and the Helping Hands Ministries. Just, just kind of unpack that a little bit with as much detail as you want. Certainly, certainly. Well, I like to share uh, that God has just an incredible sense of humor. Uh, really quick, I'm a New York City kid who the Lord um, brought down to the foothills of the Appalachian Trail. And I thought it was for this private boarding school for kind of throwaway kids back in the day called Tallulah Falls School. But I realized God had a, a greater purpose and calling on my life. It was after about eight years of being in Tallulah Falls, Clarksville, Georgia, that I met a gentleman named Terry Parker. Terry was the founder, is the founder of the National Christian Foundation in Atlanta, Georgia. But we right. started talking and he said, Brian, I started this huge foundation out of my top right hand drawer of my desk, my law office desk. But I have this ministry that's really dear to my heart that I started from my heart and it's called Helping Hands Ministries. I need someone to oversee a helping hand. Brian, I know you have a really good job and I can't promise you or give you anything that you're receiving right now, but I can tell you this, if the Lord's in it, the money will come. He has no shortage of funds. He owns it all. Right. If it doesn't work out, you just pack it up and find something else to do. You seem like a sharp guy. So I didn't know Terry Parker from Adam. So I did a little Google and realized, wow, it's a pretty successful attorney and a well-respected Christian. I dove all in. And from that point on, I can tell you, Helping Hands has been the greatest blessing to me and my family. And at the same token, it's brought some of the greatest sorrows. Mm. Mm. So Helping Hands Ministries is an organization that has the ability to gift individuals of financial need. Think of GoFundMe. Think of someone that needs a, a, a surgery that he or she cannot afford due to either they haven't paid, uh, they couldn't afford the um, copay for their insurance, or they have no insurance. Right. We were able to take the IRS codes and look at them and 
basically come up with a program where we're looking at families, the ministries looking at individuals who are in need. We are approving them without any people donating money to us, but rather we're made aware of situations where we may be able to help by helping, vetting the situation, making sure it, it does meet IRS guidelines for charitable dollars. Once we've gone through the vetting process, tax returns, income expense reports, et cetera, then we're able to basically put them up on our website, not so much for solicitation. We're here to tell stories, people's stories. People are going through life. Life isn't always fun. Life isn't always amusement parks and beaches and pools. Life happens. Life includes illness, death, sorrow, pain. As a public charity, as a Christian charity, it's our responsibility to come alongside our brothers and sisters and provide a helping hand. Donors come to our website, may even know some of these folks, and will make contributions to the, the project. When dollars come into the project, we don't just send money out to individuals like a GoFundMe. We actually are paying the providers of, providers of services and or goods directly. Therefore, taking out that, that situation where the dollars could be misused and not used for their intended purposes. So as Helping Hands continue to grow, the first year, I think we were a four or $500,000 organization. The second year, about 2.2 million. And that's a little over 20 years ago. Yeah. As you mentioned, Russ, we formed additional organizations, but the foundation was really important for us for Vision Bridge. I, I laugh because the legal name is NEMA Foundation, N-E. M-A. Because the National Christian Foundation is the National Christian Foundation, I said, I don't need a Christian foundation. I need a secular philanthropic foundation to do the things that I need to do. I'm here right. to compensate this, the National Christian Foundation. There is no competition or walls in God's kingdom. Right. So created the secular philanthropic called, its legal name is NEMA. However, the DBA is provision bridge because it right. is a vision bridge to our end use organizations that are actually the rubber to the road, the feet on the, on the streets, the hands doing the work. We use the foundation because the foundation allows for reporting, accounting, and complete transparency, which is prohibited within my end use organizations. You don't receive reporting or accounting and the organizations, as I like to say, Russ, I may have shared this with you. I do about 18 budgets a year. The beauty is I only have to do expenses. That's how we do our budgets based on expenses. The Lord is in charge of bringing the funds in. The only thing we can control, I can control are my expenses. Right. And We've run the ministries for over 20 years. Praise the Lord, Helping Hands did 35, 40 million. Provision Bridge, probably another 35, 40 million. And, and we don't need to get into the other organizations right now. Our focus is taking care of people, individuals. I, I, my favorite story is 
I don't know who you are or where you came from, but I feel confident at some point in your life, someone provided a helping hand to you, whether it was financial, whether it was time, whether they vested whatever in you, someone put into you, gave to you. And it's just kind of a philosophy of theocracy that, that we live by, do for one which you, you wish you could do for a million. Yeah. Yeah. So, so share some of those stories. You know, it, it's evident that it's been a great blessing to you, but you, you talk about and when you're, when people are marketing and doing different things, they're pushing the grand stories, right? You, you, you look at the NFL and some of their philanthropic stuff, it's all the grand stories, but that's not always what it is. There's, there's, there's a tug both ways, I think. So share, and you mentioned that, share some of the, some of the different things that the Lord has brought you know, across y'all's table. You know, for those of you that remember the TV show Extreme Makeover, Helping Hands owned two of those homes, uh, the Jacoby family that had 11 foster children, and then the Gilead, the, the army, the soldier who lost his leg, Mr. Gilead. We basically raised uh-huh. enough to pay off the mortgage so that the Extreme Makeover people can come in and do the renovations that were needed to be done. At some point, we were able to transfer the home to the family over a period of time with minimal tax consequences. The same thing with the Van Houten family, the sex tuplets up in West Michigan back in 2001. We were able yeah. to okay. we were able to collect about $300,000 was raised up in a local foundation there transferred down to Helping Hands. Helping Hands purchased a home. The family has been living in that home for the past 21 years. We do a lot of things with a lot of folks. You know, I laugh. I tell the story. I was supposed to go out and do an interview with Kid Rock one time. His foundation was very instrumental in helping a a woman in Kansas City. And I believe that YouTube video is there. She lost three children in a fire and had it was devastating. And for whatever reason, Kid Rock stepped up, somehow connected with Helping Hands, and we were able <laughs> to, to, yeah, that's an interesting one. Usually yeah. we're helping widows and orphans. We have homes three. Right. I don't want to jump to too many organizations, but they all kind of play together. Right, right. We have homes throughout the country where donors have given us dollars to buy homes where we have widows of pastors, missionaries, not-for-profit folks who basically don't have much. They were you know, out on the field, maybe even yeah. opted out of Social Security. So we do a number of different programs. We come alongside a lot of pastors, and I, I just want to stick to the pastors for a moment. We have one program where we're gifting pastors who have retired and opted out of Social Security and don't have any benefits. We give them $10,000 a year toward their medical expenses. We call that our Shepherds Program. Right now, really interesting, we, we created a scholarship program for a donor. A donor had, you know, 40,000 employees. He, he, he said, Brian, I'd really wish that more of my employees could go to Christian schools. So he came up with Criterion and he vetted over 40 Christian schools in the Delaware 
Maryland area. 21 were approved because they do the Pledge of Allegiance and have strong biblical principles. A lot of Catholic schools in there. And right, helping, right. helping Hands has the privilege of providing 90% of all the new financial aid for the next three years for all new applicants with the promise of matriculating them through if they started in kindergarten or eighth grade. Huge program. Trying to explain our young people to the body and the gospel according to Jesus Christ. And if you really just want me to cut the fat away from the meat, one of my favorite lines is, Brian, what won't you do? Well, I'll tell you what I will do. If you don't have any arms and legs, but you're willing to hand out Bibles standing on your head, I'll drop ship cases of Bibles to wherever you are. That's what I'll do. Yeah, yeah. So I think what, what this is kind of, you know, we talk about a three, you know, three wins podcast, three wins that we help owners achieve at, you know, through their business. Of course, we do the financial planning and say, hey, what's enough for you as an owner? What are you trying to achieve on the personal side? And then what does the business need to achieve its vision, right? So what, what, what's the cash flow? What's the budget? What's the invest, reinvestment in the company? What, you know, what are the different things that need to happen within the company to achieve the vision? The vision is based on the virtues that we talk about, the grade eight virtues. You know, what, what are we doing from a vision standpoint? God's giving you this business. What are you doing with it? You're not just trying to earn a paycheck. You're not just trying to, you know, make daddy proud. If you've got the business, you're not just trying to compete and be the biggest in the, you know, the, the Atlanta region or wherever you are, you're, tr you're, what are you doing with your business? And the third win is the key leader win. How are you helping those to accomplish what they need to, that make it so within your business, the non-owner key people. So under the corporate, just, you know, people look and say, well, where are the other stakeholders? Under the corporate win are your vendors, are your clients, are your other non-key leader employees still vital to the success of the organization? So all the health of all three wins, the health of those is what we try to help companies and business owners achieve. But every time you get to the point where what's enough, we always say, hey, in that question, you got to be asking, what, what the, what's the legacy you're trying to leave? Who else are you trying to help? What's the pay it forward? And sometimes like this guy that wanted to talk about the, the school situation, his employees going to, that was a question that it takes a lot of money to fund that initiative, but it's a part of the vision. It's a part of what those you know, three wins are trying to achieve. And, and that's what's exciting for us. If we do our job well at Legacy, we're helping these business owners come to the point where they're able to define what they're trying to do. And then, you know, they, they have an avenue. I think that's the, the beauty of it. There's an avenue. But just for a second, dig into, you, you, you kind of talked about it briefly, but why is it important to use an organization like Helping Hands to move these dollars around to the people that need them. Why is that important to have you guys in place in that, in that process? Well, I think that 
to kind of parlay off of the, the win, win, win. That's what we talk about all the time. It has to be a win, win, win situation. We can't be involved. Right. Right. When you talk about corporate, what do we do with corporate? We try to come alongside companies. Great question. Parlays right into our corporate assistance program. Back in 2000, 2001, I was out in California with a whole lot smarter guys than I am. And we were having conversation about their businesses called the Steadfast Companies, the Steadfast Group. And yeah. we were having a conversation out in Irvine. And they said, you know, it seems like every week or two, there's something with one of my employees. And I said, huh, life's happening, huh? That's my typical response. Life happens. But with something creative to, to basically get out in front of this instead of always reacting. Created a great two minute and seven second video that it's an animation. And I think it's, it's solid if you ever get a chance to put it up on your podcast. It's, it's, it just talks about, it gives an illustration of a car accident, someone in the office having a car accident. With nothing in place, everyone's scrambling around trying to figure out what to do to help their friend, their fellow employee. Right. A lot of lost time, a lot of confusion. And, you know, you don't want to say not a big impact, but generally not a really big impact, even though occasionally you have some that hit it right out of the park. And praise God for that. Helping Hands is a great place to, to have a fun. Basically, with Provision Bridge, we've created the corporate assistance program so employees can make payroll deductions, which they receive a tax deduction for. We have bylaws and amendments that we create with the company so that each program is structured to meet each company's owner's individual wants and needs as long as they're in accordance with the IRS guidelines. That's our job. We make sure when we review the program, it passes the smell test. But we are able to do just little little things here and there to, to make the, the program their very, very own. And again, right. dollars going, think of United Way, dollars are being uh, donated through payroll deductions. A situation arises, the situation meets the criterion as established. We have tax deductible, tax deductible dollars readily available to be mobilized directly for the direct benefit and assistance of that individual by paying providers of services and or goods. It saves a lot of work time. It gives employees yeah. ownership as importantly with, don't, what the business owners are saying. I want to teach my people how to be generous, how to give and and it's a beautiful thing. And the reports that we receive back are, are phenomenal, just phenomenal. It's, it's to team, team building in, in many of the businesses. Just lets people know that they work for a company that actually cares about them. And I think that's what we're all about, just caring for one another. So. Yeah, that really, you talk about a culture. You know, that, that's, that's part of what the grade eight is. The grade eight talk, you know, is, is a litmus test almost of, of your culture, the eight virtues versus the eight vices. And you can, you can tell pretty quickly if a culture is which, which side they're falling on, you know, they, are they promoting the vices or are they just letting the, or are they promoting the virtues or are they letting the vices just kind of move around and owners, you know, especially when we get in that entrepreneurial group, 
sometimes a publicly traded company, they have different, you know, they have different things that they're about, right? You know, whatever corporate corporate model and, and you know, structure and image that they want to, but when you get with an entrepreneur, an owner of a business, one that's clearly held, they can have a little more distinctive emphasis on this. And, and, you know, there's a little bit more different type of energy, sincerity around it versus just, we ought to have one. So let's put one together. And sometimes that's the way it feels, you know what I mean? So we, you, you probably experienced both of those. What, what are you thinking? What, what is it? What does that bring to mind? I'll tell you, you know, I, a lot, you've heard a lot of folks say COVID's been, I hate to say it, very, very good for many businesses. And I think to myself, when I hear people say that, I know what they mean. I know what they mean. It's caused yeah. people to stop, pause, and think. That when, when we turned the country off, so to speak, a year or so ago, I had never, my team and I had never worked as hard as we were working during March and April of 2021, during the lockdown of 20. We were on the phone probably with five or six companies every day. And I think, I believe that nine out of 10 companies on those days would say this is something we've talked about and thought about for so long. Yeah. Never had the time or the urgency yeah. to do it. Now is the time. Now we have the time. And as importantly, the urgency is in front of us. I have hundreds and thousands of employees not working, not getting paid. I want to send them money. How do we make that happen? I can tell you stories of sending out checks of 700, 1,000, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Our largest month, I think we did about $8 million in $1,000 checks. And I shared with whether they're believers or non-believers, I share with them about when I talk about God, I said, listen, the God that I, that I work for, he's never, ever late. His timing is impeccable. However, he's very rarely early. So you're on this call with me and my team exactly when you were supposed to be. And, and yeah. the reports back have been phenomenal. Just an aside so that there's clarity, Russ, I have a group yeah. of Christian religious-based organizations, and then I've replicated that religious Christian-based organizations in the philanthropic secular environment. So it allows me to swim in the entire pool without being offensive to anybody or making anyone uncomfortable because my philosophy, our philosophy is we're here to serve everyone. Everyone. Yeah, and let me let me just hit on that for a second, and I want you to I want you to do most of the talking. But that's that's something that's important to us. So if there's a good idea, it doesn't mean it doesn't matter if it's coming from somebody who you know is uh, religious based or or religious oriented or or you know necessarily has that as a part of the you know their their corporate uh, culture and mindset. It's just a good idea. So sometimes good ideas 
have a bad motivation. You know, they have some other ulterior motive and plenty of people have seen that on both the religious side and the secular side. And so you can have people who do really, really good things on both sides of the, you know, the secular and the religious, and you can have people who do really bad things on the secular and the religious. So it's one of those where you can't just say all religious stuff is, well, you can't trust it. And you can't say, well, if it's secular, you can't trust it. It's a good thing. And I think the key is the, the, the avenue that it's being taken through, Helping Hands Ministries, different organizations like yours, the key is that you're being responsible and efficient with the dollar that you have to give. So there, I think that's just a little bit of a soapbox. I want, you know, because so many different people who listen there, they fall on one side or the other and they just totally, they just say, well, everything else is not worth it. If you're doing a good thing, do a good thing. It's just, you know, make sure you're, you're finding, if you don't want helping hands to do, use on the secular side. It doesn't matter, but do the good thing and do it in a smart way. That's exactly right. You know, I'll give you an example. We don't fundraise. We don't solicit funds. Uh, we don't ask anyone for anything other than how may we assist you in serving others? Is there a way we assist you in serving others? No such thing as a bad idea. They're all good ideas. My favorite donor is the donor that calls. And I always use my Southern draw when I do this. And they say, Brian, I'm going to do this gift with you or without you. If I can use my <laughs> funds and get a tax deduction, I want to be a good steward and do that. Yeah. But if I can't do it that way, then I'm just going to write a check. Russ, those are the guys that I tell them, listen, I'm going to do everything in my power to see if we can make this fit into a, a charitable environment, a tax-free environment. If not, I so appreciate your heart. Great example about stories and about who and what we are. You talk about money. Yes, it takes money to run an organization. Generally, our ministry grants that are associated with our gifts is 8%. Back mm -hmm. in the people would say eight percent i have to pay eight percent and i and i would think to myself wow does that seem like a lot and that was when i first started after 23 years i now turn around and say russ i know you wish you could that every not-for-profit you were gifting could run their not-for-profit on eight percent or less i know that's what you're thinking how do we do it it's the generosity of donors that help underwrite Helping Hands Ministries without us asking, without charging a ministry grant. We firmly believe that God is the owner of all. Ownership yeah. is a curse, that type of scenario. The value in something. Well, the, the, the flip side is 92%, right? 92 cents on the dollar is, is, is being paid forward. And it, there are many, many, many very well-known not-for-profit organizations that work to enhance people's lives like this, where they may be 30 cents on the dollar actually getting to the end, to the, to the person that needs it. And the rest goes to marketing, the rest goes to solicitation, the rest goes to, you know, big corporate, a C-suite level folks, the rest goes to, you know, all these different things to run the organization. And, you know, that's really frustrating. Now, 8% is a, is a good number, is a good number. It's a good number. As important, 
give you kind of a, the mindset of the mentality of the organization. I'm sitting with my marketing. We have a new marketing crew and we're okay. coming up with a major plan to, you know, really be out there in the marketplace, LinkedIn, okay. et cetera. So as they're yeah. sitting with me, and these are for-profit guys, of course, and they said, well, Brian, what is, what's, what's, what are you trying to achieve by doing this? Uh, do you want them to go to your website? Do you want them to donate right away, right then and there? What is the push? I know we're on the radio and we're Christian, so I'll keep it clean. Right, right. Um, those boys. And I said, guys, you don't get it. You just don't get it. Yeah. My job is to tell the stories of what God's ministry is doing for God's peoples. I don't care what anyone really does. What I really would like them to do is read a story, push off of their desk, go outside, find a vagrant, buy him a meal or put him in a hotel for a room. He, they don't need to call me to do that. I just want people to be called to action, to realize that there are bad days, rainy days. There are people hurting. Life is happening. And it's your responsibility. You're, I, I want you to be moved to, to get that one starfish. Do for one with which you wish you can do for a million. That's what I'm, and they're looking at me. And I said, I know you probably never had another CEO sitting in here telling you that. And they said, we haven't. And I said, listen, my boss provides all the finance I need. I thought you're the CEO. I, yeah, that's all you are. Just the lowly CEO, the, the, the bosses. The boss. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. And as you know, you've, you've heard some of my talks. I'm neither crazy nor lazy. I just rely on God to run his ministries, hold me accountable, and have me do the things that I'm supposed to do on the ground. As I tell every team member. Every super salesman I've ever bumped into, anybody I talk to, you know what our job is for my employees? It's to answer the phone and provide Jesus Christ-like service because you're able to do that. Yep. None of you can make that phone ring. Only God can make the phone ring. And he did yep. that with helping hands by growing us again. I revert back to marketing. Well, Jesus had 12 guys in a book. We still know about it with no internet. We know about the book. We've heard all about the book. Yeah. So I share the story about that's who and what we are. We just want to get our story out of the folks that we're helping. And, and, and maybe that's a nudge for someone to get involved somewhere they saw something they they've been thinking about something next thing you know they see a video that relates to what they're thinking about. that's my call to action i need to do something and as a former catholic i don't want to guilt anybody not that all catholics are like that but every now and again hey i got i still i tell people i'm feeling some catholicism and you guys are guilting me right now stop i was yeah, in all right catholic school and i'll tell you Catholic school was a great situation. I, I always like to throw that in there. The nuns were the meanest people in the world, but they taught us how to read and write. And my priests were some of the nicest men I've ever met. Yeah. So I'd be able to tell that story too. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it's what's interesting, and I think anybody who's listening, whether you whether you follow Jesus or not, everybody that's listening, if they and some people have very painful pasts, some people have you know bright, you know very very memorable and 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 you know fun loving and peaceful pasts. They didn't ever need for anything, whatever. But you look back and you kind of say, where am I now? And you say, some of the things in my past, they were really bad. Some of the things in my past that were really good. Everybody's got a, you know, some of both, maybe more than, than something else. But then you look at it and you say, how do I take that opportunity and make the most of it? Which is really what the call is and I think what is tugging on some of these, you know, business owners' hearts and different people who they need to accomplish the three wins as a part of their legacy. They need to accomplish, you know, the 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 pay it forward. What's enough? I've defined it. Now I'm going to pay it forward. Now I'm going to invest in, in you know, keep, continue to right. invest in other people and, and set something up that can continue past me. But it's that big question of, all right, I'm still here. No matter what's happened in the past, I'm still here. So I still have something to do. And I think, you know, part of what you mentioned earlier with Terry is that God was saving the little ones from something worse, something more painful. For some reason, God's kept us around to, for the length that he has. And you don't, he doesn't do it. At, he doesn't do it just to do it. You're just not there floating around on earth just for whatever reason. You're here for something. And that really, the, the urgency of that is what's behind the three wins. The urgency of that is what's behind the great aid and the virtues that we talk about. And that's why, you know, I wanted you to be on the podcast because there's an urgency behind someone being a part of the activity that Helping Hands facilitates, the activity of giving, the activity of, of, of blessing others. That's what the call is. That's what the command is about, to take care of those around you when you've been given the, the opportunity and the excess to use in that fashion. And that, that really is the mandate and the responsibility that I see yeah. in what's so exciting about what you guys are doing, both with Provision Bridge and with Helping Hands. Well, again, we, you know, my board and I, our leadership team, we sit around at times and when I look at what's sitting in the foundation and you made a comment, I don't want to be the biggest, never have. I've always just wanted to be the best, just to do things with excellence, to glorify and praise him. Because yeah. that's what we're getting called to do. But I always make the comment with, when I look at some, you know, with all the dollars sitting places, and I say they must live in homes that don't have windows to see the rainy days that are out there. What are they waiting for? And then there are times, you know, and this isn't from, this is just a, a, a theocracy, a, a, a thinking exercise that I do. I said, what if Jesus comes back tonight? What's he gonna say? What'd you do with the money you stuck it? You, you, you earned, what did you do with it? And, you know, I, I think of Terry saying, if, you know, you say, well, that 90 million you gave me, I dropped 30 million down to my three kids tax free. If you're good with that, then, you know, just move on. 
but I don't know if that's what Don's going to say. Again, he's not going to ask me about you. Uh, he's going to ask about me. Right. At this token, when I look at some of the dollars because of the involvement we have in this Christian world of charitable giving, right. and I look at donating $200 million or $180 million or $300 million because they just sold a business for over a billion dollars that they created from nothing. I always just think to myself, that guy was smart enough to create a billion dollar business. I'll bet you, even if he's older now, God will give him the ability if he sits down for 48, 72 hours, he'll give him the ability because he's that smart to give that money away in a timely fashion. But it takes a little effort. And that's kind of where I come alongside at times. And I say, well, what does God put on your heart? When donors come yeah. to me, What's they, what do they put on your heart? You know, didn't your daughter just adopt? Well, maybe you need to start funding some adoptions for people. God's showing you things. Be still and know. Listen. Pause. Like I said, that pause. I talked a lot about that pause during COVID. I think it was God. I even said to some friends, we ought to just take a month off every year and shut the country down. Families were together in many cases. Hmm. You know, we had, we had a basically lockdown together. Families might have been reestablished in some cases. Maybe yeah. some prayer. I, I can't tell you how many home church invitations I received and Christian music concerts were all on Zoom calls listening to the same band. But it, what I said is for me personally, because I'm not a very good, was never a very good break man, which many of us aren't, we always need a break man. It gave me the ability to stop and pause yeah. and really think. And I firmly believe from the conversations that I've had with many business owners, they felt the same way. It was almost like, and the beauty was those that were Christians said, I know God's in control and he's sovereign and it's going to be okay. And then even with my non-believers, and you made a comment about whether you're a believer or not. Yesterday, I was on the phone with the guy out of Atlanta. You would have loved him. Because I knew, he said, I'm a Jew from Brooklyn. So he says, I'm a Jew from Brooklyn, big into real estate. Yeah. But because of all the rental properties he has, he doesn't want to evict anybody. He'd rather start a fund where people can contribute to help your neighbor pay their rent. 600 people are behind on rent with him and he wants to help them, not hurt them. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, you know, we were laughing, we were talking about the tax and I go, are you donating the money? Cause it's a wash. If you're going to donate it and then take it as income as they pay you, doesn't make any sense. He said, no, no, no. I have other people that want to contribute. And I said, and so how did you hear about this? And he said, I'm not quite sure. And he said, but I think it's the greater power. I said, greater power. And he goes, well, I'm a Jew from Brooklyn. I understand you're a Christian. I'm not really a practicing Jew. I believe in something greater. And I said, perfect. You're my favorite person, I tell him. As long as you know there's something bigger, better, and greater than you, you haven't come up with the name. I refer to him as God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think talking about.
So you, you, you gave a great illustration of, yeah, we're here to serve everyone. We don't care what your background is. We know that you're a child of God, whether you know or not, that's, that's for you to find out. But the way we view all creation, yeah. birds, the yeah. bees, trees, creation of yeah. God. And, and we, we, work with, we work with just about anybody. And, and you know, the, the people that we don't like working for are the business owners that it's all about them mentality. Because it's never going to work out. We're going to do some stuff in, in our investment of time, no matter how much you're getting paid, our investment of time is not going to achieve with them what it really needs to achieve. And I think that the beauty of that is there's a mindset of, I know it's not all mine. I want to be generous. And we've been had, we've had the folks who, who, you know, don't follow, you know, necessarily any God and you know, some different ideas as far as, you know, the way certain things should happen. And, you know, we've had some folks that we work with and, and, you know, they look at us and they say, you know, what brings us together is the idea that, it, you know, we're just not hoarding. There's a, there's a mentality of sharing. There's a mentality of accountability. There's a mentality of working hard. There's a mentality of trust. There's a mentality of You've got to bring integrity to the situation. You've got to know what you do. You've got to treat people, all those things that are, that are come together with the virtues. But the key is, it's not just about the me. money. It's not about me and it's not just money. It's what we're doing together to further those different ideas. And I think that's the, what I wish everybody, you know, it, it just, just taking a minute on this soapbox, what I wish everybody understood who said, no, nah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't do the God thing. The God thing is not about some religion or program or denomination or the way you look and the way, that's not what God's about. God is about you knowing him and him blessing you in your life. That's what it's about. That's the, the beauty of it. And there's so many great things that can come from that. But at the same time, if you're not and you want to give and do something well, Brian Green's there to help you. It's an implied responsibility. And as most folks, <laughs> when you think of the term CEO or leader, you think of one thing as a CEO, power or responsibility. Yep. I hope you never work for a CEO that thinks of power. I hope you always look at this work for the CEO or be the CEO that knows it's a responsibility. And I think many cases, and again, with the folks that we've had the privilege and pleasure of working with who have created through God's blessings, by God's grace, these yeah. multi-billion dollar businesses, what I've witnessed is, in many cases, they think they can replicate that, some of these guys, they, in another business. And what I found is, God blessed you where he, God blessed you where he blessed you. You may not be quite as sharp as you thought you were. It you was, there are people who can they, can, they can come up with a business model, they can put it into place. And they, and they print money. It's a cash cow. There's, there are people who think like that, but that's a gift from God just the same. 
and and there are a lot of people who they do really good at a business and for some reason they thought it was their their ingenuity or innovation or ability to inspire and and you know to set a tone and all of a sudden it's wait a minute I am just along for the ride and uh, you know yes. not that not that I'm not that I'm not valuable right but it was an opportunity that God gave me it was an God, opportunity that God gave me God created yeah. me. so yeah. yeah it's again the the fun part of our job is we get to listen to some really creative and and out of the box giving out of the box and what's the what's the what's the most out of the box or what's the kind of the, the most unique i have i could give you i'll give you two quick ones we we took in uh -huh. a, a gambling ship out of the bahamas you know one of those gambling boats you beat full of you know slot machines and tables well the person died and the kids are christians and they didn't and they're they didn't want anything to do with it, so they donated it. NCF didn't want to deal with it, so we dealt with it. I met with the, what is it, tobacco, firearms. I was down in Bahia Mar, down in Fort Lauderdale on the boat as they were yeah. and taking things off, and we were able to scrap it, basically. It also took another boat in a ferry, but it had no engine out of Maryland. That was an interesting one. The fun things are things like right now we take in, we have a donor that gives us millions of dollars in fruits and vegetables and they don't even get a tax deduction for it. They get the privilege of giving the money away. That's really, really fun. We show up with cars for pastors and for youth, youth pastors. We show up with minivans that a donor yeah. would call. A donor, here's a great example. A donor would call helping him, call brought me and say, Hey Brian, I'm trying to buy my youth okay. pastor a van. I called the church, they won't let him have the van. I can't do it through the church. They, you know, we're the guys that show up with the van. The van stays in the ministry's name. Again, the values and the use of not the ownership of we want you to go pick up more kids and bring them to to, to Bible study, Sunday school. We get to come alongside folks who are in ministry and help them financially because they have three or four kids and they're making $45,000 a year. And without an additional $10,000, $15,000, they're going to leave ministry. If I could afford to pay his full salary, I'd be more than happy to. You know, I, Terry Parker's really the storyteller. He, for whatever reason, he can remember some of the most incredible stories. So I always look, wish he was sitting here with me because I'd say, Terry, that's you. You're the story. Yeah. You seem to remember yeah. Yeah. the craziest stories where sometimes people look and go, are you being serious? But no, we've, we've had the privilege and pleasure in, of being involved in helping a lot of families, a lot of individuals. And you did ask a question that I kind of tiptoed around about the sorrows, the pains. Mm. For us, when I first started, I think I was your age. I was a young man with two kids, beautiful wife. And I'll mm -hmm. never forget getting the phone call with the picture of the gentleman from Motorola main office in Chicago and that he had six months to live and he was exactly my age 
His wife was just as beautiful as my wife. His children were the same ages as of my children. And I had to stop and ask God, why him and not me? You, you start asking when you're, when you're on the phone with the wife who's trying to hold it together or the parent. Mm. And you hold it together and you're just thinking to yourself, you know, we talked about if we could all write our own autobiographies. Mm. We would leave a chapter or two out. Uh, and you think about some of the, the things and you wonder why him and not me, God. So that, that, that's a sorrow. Not a sorrow, but sometimes when we have people who try to abuse the ministry and, and try to pull a funny. Right. I've come to the realization, it was explained to me years ago when I first found out or had a feeling that this gift wasn't being used for what we thought it was being intended for. And a really smart man, I'll refer to Terry Parker again, said, hey, Brian, you ever, you ever cook pasta? I said, yeah. He said, you know, you take the calendar, the strainer out, and you pour the pasta into the strainer. That's your job. That's how you, you boil pasta, right? But Brian, you turned on the stove, you filled the pot up with water, you let the water boil, you put the pasta in, the pasta cooked, you poured the water into the calendar with the pasta. You did your job. Whatever came out on the other side of that calendar has nothing to do with you. Nothing that you did your job, you vetted, you, you, you did everything. If that gift, they did shame on them, not shame on you, shame on them. Back to something you said about giving while you're living. Larry Burkett being one of my favorite board members, yeah. giving your living so you know where it's going. I have yeah. to tell you, I've, I've had that conversation with some friends of mine from my teenage years, business owners, some who are believers, some who aren't, I can tell you that conversation of giving while you're living so you know where it's going is probably, in my opinion, the most impactful statement I've ever made to any business owner, friend, or, or, or stranger regarding what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Leave it to your kids? who would give money to something you would never, and again, Christian, not, it doesn't make a difference. Give money to something you would, you hate dogs and cats, and they're going to give your $10 million to the ASPCA. Uh, I love dogs and cats, but you know what I mean? God blessed you, or you earned that money. Your kids didn't earn it. They don't deserve it, and they're probably going to mismanage it. I mean, let's just be real. Eight months, lottery, you know, gambling winnings. So we, well, statistic is true. The statistic <laughs> is true that by the third generation, most fa most family wealth is gone. So it's nice to have Russ, you, your father, or David Harper, your legacy group, with the mindset of, hey, this is who we are. This is what we're trying to do. We're going to do our business. This is our ministry of the business. What we're yeah. just trying is be a business that it glorifies God. And, you know, we, we talk about when my new building down here is, is built out. Can't wait to have you guys down here to do some presentations in Sarasota to sure. share what your program is. I mean, we're really excited. It is. It's, 
let me also say this, and again, this isn't an infomercial. I'm a New York City kid, call it as I see it. Helping hands grew by word of mouth. However, between wealth management, wealth managers, companies, investment guys just like you who have a heart for people and for Christ, you are our number one referral source. You are the gentleman who are sitting there listening to these families share their hearts with you saying, I can't take this money with me. I definitely can't give it. Or they come in with, hey, my neighbor has a really sick child, but, and I want to buy them a handicapped van, but if I do, it's going to change the whole dynamics and relationship. Hey, uh, it's, it's you, Russ. I know an organization that can help. Really? You're the solution provider. Unfortunately, and keep shaking your head because the problem is with some wealth management guys, they'll use me for their gifts to help them, but they never refer a client. It's really interesting. And you know what I mean well, by that. I do know, and I'll call it as I see it, because if they give the money away, then they don't have it to manage. I mean, it's real. It's it's not complicated. It's real simple. The and that's why that's the what's enough question. If we don't put the what's enough question in there, then there's a clear mark between, you know, legacy and and, and any other advisor saying, "No, I don't give it away. It's a good tax break or it's this thing that we're we're trying to get to. Hey, you want you have a certain cost of living that you want to have, right? And and we don't want to be greedy. We don't want to be selfish." We don't want to be outlandish. We don't want to keep up with the Joneses. We don't want to buy stuff that we don't need. What's really on your heart? Fund the first thing. That's fine. But you want to take care of people. Otherwise, you wouldn't have started a business and grown it to bring in more people. You want to take care of people. What's the best way to do it? And again, you and you and your father-in-law are perfect examples. Not only do you talk the talk, you walk the walk. You've done what you're talking about. You've given business interest. You, you're doing your, my favorite line, it's hard to sell a boarding school if the guy talking to you never went to boarding, never attended boarding school, right? Well, how great it is to be an astronaut when I've never left the atmosphere. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yes, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. And again, I think that's the beauty of what you guys do. You have firsthand experience, firsthand knowledge, and you're just being obedient. And I'll give we you hope an so. We hope so. With the wealth management group actually last week in Atlanta. And I had an NCF guy there and he was telling his story. He goes, listen, you ever hear of a spigot trust? Probably not. Probably not even a dozen of them in the country. You can turn it on and off. It's amazing. You know, all these guys are sitting there listening. And I'm listening to the attorney because of the connection. I usually know who we're talking about. He said, yeah, well, we just have this family and they have a really big problem. You'll love this, Russ. They live in a $100,000 house for the last 40 years. The husband makes $100,000 a year. The wife gets paid $100,000 a year. They're older now. They have three kids. They only want to leave them a million dollars each because they all have vacation homes. So one wealth management guy says, well, what's the problem? The NCF attorney says, 
to 30 million in dividends every month. Nice. That's a nice problem. I said, I turn, because usually when I know the, you know, you hear the, the scenario, what state they're in, I'm thinking, I know this story. I know exactly what they're talking about. And in this particular instance, he was telling me, I knew who he was talking about later only, but he told a different version of, of what I know about this family. 30 million in dividends a month, charity. We created a spigot. They need money. We can turn it on and they get money taxed. We turn it off. There are probably not even a dozen of them in the country. Hmm. That's, again, I'm here, was created to complement and assist the National Christian Foundation. We still do that. They're our number one partner. Love them to death. At the same token, God put a different calling as well on, hey, Brian, I've got some other things for you to do. Yeah. And, uh, and again, I, I just... I can't tell you how exciting it is when when I share with the donor about giving when you're while you're living so you know where it's going and he calls you four days later and he says Brian I was listening to what you said and you know what I did when I went home I wrote six checks for fifty thousand dollars you're right there's not a glass of wine that's going to give me the same buzz as the feeling that I got and to me that's what it's all about if you're experiencing yep. God, you know, I, I don't like, it's a high, it's a, it's a, you know, when you, when you're at church sometimes and you're just overtaken by the Holy Spirit, you know, and, and I want people to feel that I, I, I you know, like you use the term, I want them to be tickled, delighted. And that's, you know, watching, having donors call and say, Brian, the check came to the family while we were sitting there. They were crying. They had no idea we were the donors. Not late, but not early. Yeah, they were stumps. Just, and I think what would really maybe behoove be be beneficial to you is maybe one day we 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 get a donor on here for both NCF and Helping Hands to share their experience. And you're one of them. I mean, so you know it'd be a. a yeah. We say what we do and we do what we say and our words are master. Yeah, and, and, and I think the, the beauty of it is, you know, if you've got money, then, you know, you, you've, you've either fallen into it, which means you're probably not going to manage it well. That's why most people who win the lottery don't manage it well. Or you've worked really hard and you know the blood, sweat and tears that it took to earn that dollar. And so what's, what's satisfying, you know, just in and of itself is that you're able to do something smart with it, right? So there's, hey, if I want to invest a dollar, I'm not just going to go, you know, see, throw the dart and see what, you know, mutual fund or, you know, penny stock or, you know, some other random piece of real estate is where the, the dart lands. I want something smart. I want to be able to measure it. I want to be able to look at it. It's the same thing when you're giving because you want that return and the return on that investment is a, is a someone who needs transportation, someone who doesn't have the job and they need to be able to cover their rent. The, the, the satisfaction in, in, in the return on that personally is not just knowledge of I know that it went to the right spot. 
but it's the, 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 the intangible feeling of this is doing something that's so much bigger than me. This is good. This, this is, this is it. This is it. Yeah. And and that's really the, the beauty of what it is. And you can't get that. You can't get that sitting around saying, well, I don't care where it goes. Just do it the smart way. That's half of it. Right. Maybe not even half of it. It's a, it's responsible to do it the right way. It's the being a part of it and knowing that you've taken the time to listen and say, who needs it? Let's help. Be deliberate in your giving. Be yep. deliberate in your giving. Be intentional in your giving. Pause, listen, pay attention. God's putting life in front of you every day. If you're living in Atlanta and you're walking, I don't care if you're going, I don't know what the baseball game's like now. I know when I was going to the games before, I saw life all around me. And I remember having two or three teenagers with me one time and none of them eating the food that I bought up there in the corner, the right field corner. And I said, <laughs> I'm throwing it away. You know what we're going to do with it? We're going to give it to the vagrants. And you know what happened? We all went to give the food to the vagrants and they, they cursed us out. My kids, my teenage kids, I had a bunch of kids trying to hand them food. We don't want your effing food. Excuse me. I know we're being recorded. Can you imagine? But we're trying to do exemplify good, teach, yeah. and yeah. so that's kind of who we are and what this we is, do. This is this is this is great, and I think you you've you've given the audience you know some some good and you know the marketing guys that you talk to, I'm sure they can spit shine anything and everything else. But this is the real this is the real Brian. This is the real helping hands, the real provision bridge. And that's what I like capturing. This is the real stuff and, and some good stories and some, some good principles for people to carry in. And, and so, you know, there's a lot of people on LinkedIn who may look at this as, as advisors, pay attention to, you know, not just for yourself, but your clients also pay attention to how, how Brian and his group can, can be of service, ensure people are giving in a, in a responsible way but also in a way that, that, you know, makes sense of the opportunity to make the money that they've made. And then for business owners, pay attention to the way that you can continue to bless those around you connected with your business, the other stakeholders outside of the shareholder and the non-shareholder key leaders, the people who make it happen on a day-to-day basis and the, and those associated with them. And that's, that's really, it just is really a beautiful thing when that is able to come together and, you know, everybody needs, and I'm not, you know, not necessarily harping on any political thing, but government tries to do the same thing, but it, it never amounts to the same impact. Sometimes they do, they do good things. They spend a whole lot of money, but at the end of the day, this is helping those who need something and also giving yourself the opportunity to be a part of that, which is very exciting. Thank you for the time, Brian. Thank you for sharing your heart. Thank you for promoting the advantage and the, and the service and the opportunity and the best in, in class that you provide through your different organizations and it, your, your website, your profile, all the information, the different things, the information, We'll get the link 
to the video you mentioned also into the description of the video below. And this is, this is on YouTube. So audience, thank, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate you being a part of this three wins podcast with Mr. Brian Green. Brian, safe travels today. Thank you for your time. And we'll get together again soon. God bless you and all you do. Thanks for having me.